Hey, 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 beautiful humans. It's the Juice Queen here, delivering all those ooey-gooey, drippy topics that will leave you simply drenched in curiosity and connection. So let's vibe over, you know, the juice, shall we? My name is Noelle Mandolfo, and my sole mission is to make you feel seen, heard, valued, and validated in such a way that you remember who you truly are. And in that, you're never alone. This is a soft, safe, and sassy place where all of you is welcome. So come on, let's dive in. And we're back at it, my Juicy family, with a highly requested topic that I love talking about, so it's going to be a fun one. The masculine and the feminine. Now let's go ahead and smash those gender biases right off the top. Um, Oftentimes masculine is associated with men and feminine is associated with women. This is simply not the case. Um, It's more so the yin. Feminine is yin. Yang is masculine. And if you think of the yin-yang, that that, uh, you know, those two paisley shaped halves of a circle with the dots on either side. Um, It's the perfect symmetry. It's the perfect balance. It's the perfect harmony. And this is just um, energy that resides in all of us. And it's this um, conquest of coming into harmony with both of those energies that kind of creates a more whole individual inside. and maybe even a version of our highest self, you could say. Um, so I would rather refer to, refer to this as yin-yang even versus masculine and feminine, but I will be toggling between the two throughout this podcast. But yeah, let's just go ahead and scrape off this gender bias from the beginning because as we know, gender is a spectrum and it's super fluid and it doesn't really make sense to associate it um, according to genitalia. Uh, So what I do want to do, however, is explore the history of these gender roles in our society and the impact that it's had on us. So you can revert all the way back to, you know, tribe, tribal times. And um, there were, of course, hunter and gatherers, which were often the men, right? And then we had the the weavers um, and the caretakers, the, the women who stayed back and um, they had their roles, right? So, you know, this is a foundation of gender roles in a way. And as we've moved forward in um, society, not too long ago even, the norm was that the women were um, in the home and they they were cooking and cleaning and providing care for the children. And the men were out working and being the breadwinners and so on and so forth, right? We're talking just... 50 years ago, this was still very much the norm. And um, with um, the invitation and the the fucking sad delay in women's rights, um, we have, as a woman identifying human, have stepped more into the role of independence. And that means that we are having to make more decisions. Um, We're going to have to be more discerning. Um, We are having to be more focused and using our um, 
left brain, honestly, which are all those um, logical um, planning and it's this agency, it's this proactivity, right? We need to embody those qualities to go out there and get these types of jobs and make this certain amount of money so that we can take care of ourselves, right? So all these qualities that I just touched on happen to be associated with the masculine energy, the young energy. Um, and so women have had to step into their masculine roles more than ever before, simply out of self-preservation. And so um, we are seeing a, a change in not just roles, but energy on earth. And um, with that comes this, this new dance in relationships as well. Um, not just romantic, but friendships and just all, all of them. Um, another way to look, of it, look at it is because women are stepping so much into their independence and being able to take care of themselves for the first time legally due to being legally allowed to open bank accounts and being able to vote and all these other basic human rights, um, we have maybe even overcompensated in our yang energy and we have created things like guards to protect ourselves inside. And so, um, it's, it's harder to trust that men can take care of us. If we can take care of ourselves so well, then why would we trust these other humans who haven't really shown us um, in the past to truly take care, to truly take care? And I'm not talking about in the sense of the tribes or the breadwinning. I'm talking about, um, if we're talking modern issues, women who are constantly experiencing assault and sexual abuse and things like this, and they're not being heard or validated or taken seriously, and um, they're having to fight publicly for the right to be heard um, if they're having these types of trauma. We lose our respect and we lose our safety in our regulatory system to trust men or the masculine as a whole, right? This becomes what you um, probably have heard as toxic masculinity. Another way we can see the toxicity of the patriarch is um, greed, war, competition, power. These, again, are qualities and imbalanced quality, qualities of the masculine. Um, so what I want to do is dive into what the qualities are so we can get that just straight out into the open and then we can explore this deeper. So qualities of a divine balanced masculine young energy is, first of all, their symbolism. For the masculine, 
symbolism of the masculine or the yang is the sun, light, shining, expansive, okay? It's also associated with light, like the opposite of dark. It's, it's associated with light. Um, again, think of the sun. There's illumination here. And um, also heat. Okay, so, so there's the symbolism of the sun. On the flip side, feminine is associated with the moon. And the moon comes with the qualities of dark, shadow, colder, cold. And um, what, what you see here is polar opposition, right? Um, hot, cold, dark, light, night, day, sun, moon. And so again, this is just yin yang. This is just what the polar opposition looks like in the, in the shape of a symbol. Um, and simultaneously, you need both for the other to exist, right? So let's just start with those basic sim symbology. Um, now let's hop back into the masculine. Qualities to describe the yang energy that resides within us all is expansion, external, outward motion, outward moving, um, intellect, force, again, like force, not force in a control way, that would be an imbalance, but force in forward motion, like you're go-getting. You're, you're, you're not just sitting around. You're making shit happen, okay? So that's what I mean by that. Discipline, so similarly with what I was just saying, discipline meaning you have a, you have a fucking plan and you're sticking to it and this is what it looks like and every day there's this, this, and that and you have your to-do list and you're focused. You're focused you're in your left brain, you're in your logic brain, um, you, you are also building what I would think, like your goal, which you have, you have goals in your left brain and you're, and you're young, you have all these goals, you are building a foundation. You're focused on building, okay? Um, okay, so, and then on the flip side, if a man, or sorry, if the masculine is focused on the foundation, then the feminine is where we start to become creative and we are flourishing on top of the foundation. So the masculine wants to build from the ground up and the feminine wants to make that flourish with nourishment and nurture and creativity. Um, and the feminine also, instead of this discipline, forceful um, way, it's very free-flowing and ease-filled. Um, it's, it's going with the flow. If it had a phrase, if feminine had a phrase, it's going with the flow. Um, and it's this essence of allowing instead of forcing. Um, and there's an intuitive-based flow versus this left-brained intellect, we're more in the right brain, which is the emotional brain. We're, we're flowing off of what feels right, which is our intuition, okay? So we're open in that way. We're, we, similarly, we, we are expanding, right? We are open and we're trusting. 
But with, with the symbolism of the moon and the dark and the shadow, the feminine has the permission to explore their inner depths. And um, the feminine yin energy is about restoration. So repair and, and um, giving yourself spaciousness, giving yourself ease and taking breaks as needed and not constantly having to go, go, go or over overdo things or overthink things even. Um, it's just this nourishing inward, you know, if, if they were seasons, feminine would be winter. When we go into our internal caves of nourishment and we're making warm soups and we're by the fire and we're cozy. And if um, the masculine yang was a season, it would be summer where we're out and about and we're, you know, we're in the heat and we're creating and we're adventuring and we're making shit happen. Okay, so those are the divine embodied qualities of the masculine versus the feminine. And simultaneously, when those are harmonized together, integrated, an integrated human that takes both of these energies into account and um, brings them into balance, here's some qualities that you would feel from someone who is integrated. They're gonna feel confident. They're gonna feel secure. They're not easily um, wavering. They feel secure. They feel secure in their life. They feel secure in their relationships. They feel secure, feel secure in themselves. Um, they probably feel like you can trust them and they trust you. That comes back to that secure piece. Um, they feel safe to be around. You trust them to lead the way. Um, they, and I say lead the way, even though that's more of a, a young masculine energy, but also in the feminine energy, you trust their decision making. You trust the feminine um, as well. It, it's, it's this authentic, grounded, mm, nourishing. When you're integrated into both, you're able to hold space for someone. You're able to be present. You feel a lot of presence with someone who is integrated. You feel, um, instead of hot or cold, they're warm, okay? They're open. And a big one is they're playful. Um, they're not rigid and restrictive. Um, they're willing to play and be adventurous. Um, simultaneously, Amongst all the sea of wonderful qualities, they are usually modest and humble. Um, they have a lot of integrity, and they also, they also have clarity, which allows them to honor their own truth and their own boundaries, which is super important. Um, when we are too much in the masculine, we might be forceful with what we're calling boundaries, but really is control. And when we're too wavering in our feminine, we don't have any boundaries at all. Um, so it's this healthy sense of what our boundaries and needs and desires are. You basically are your own truth 
your own highest self embodied. And um, in that way, you are in service. You are devoted to truth. You're devoted to uh, unconditional love. Um, You can feel the service both in your masculine energy and in your feminine energy. Um, And it becomes this, this beautiful integrated offering. So maybe when I was listening to these things off, you might have a couple humans that come up in your mind that make you feel that way when you're around them. Um, because, of course, we are giving off frequencies from our heart center. Um, our electrical nervous system is giving off frequencies. And so you're able to tap into the energy of the people around you. So perhaps when I'm saying these things, you can pull from your memory people who make you feel that way when you're around them, okay? And it's interesting to reflect that for me personally, when I'm around people who are embodied like this, who are integrated in their masculine and feminine, and they feel this, this comfy, um, cozy balance, the way that I perceive them is in their divine, I'm not even going to say their divine matriarch or their divine patriarch, because again, that's very gender biased. Instead, it's a divine parent right? When you're around, regardless of gender, a person who embodies this energy, they just, they become a symbol of care, right? They become a symbol of comfort, care, uh, safety is huge. They become a safe person, and you feel good being around them. So this is the qualities of um, an integrated person, and If we all took time to balance the masculine and feminine within ourselves, then we could embody that, right? And what would happen if, let's say, everyone um, focused on that inner balance and they became this divine parent? Then we would operate on such a different level and be able to be so nourishing and and yet grounded and um, we have our awareness and our discernment, at, at the same time we have our intuition and our, um, our creativity, we're, we're in our emotion and we're in our intellect, and we're just able to, to show up in the world with this endless well of capacity, this, capa- this endless capacity to um, live from a heart-focused compassionate lens. And when we operate there, magic happens. Now I want to explore what it looks like when we are um, imbalanced in the masculine and feminine. So the imbalance of the masculine, and when I say this, keep in mind what I was, what I was talking about before, which is we have this, this overarching theme of toxic patriarchy in the world right now. Um, we've kind of, we've pushed away our feminine um, due to sad societal conditioning where men often don't have a safe place to be in touch with their softness, be in touch with their femininity. And because there's not that fertile soil for them to be seen in their femininity, there is this oversaturation to a toxic degree of 
hyper-masculine um, toxicity. So here's some of these qualities that show up, not just in the external, but internal as well when we're out of balance in the masculine. So first I want to say that the imbalance of both masculine and feminine, feminine seem to be operating from a place of ego versus love. So they both have basically a love, love lens version of the masculine and feminine, and this might be the ego lens. Um, and on both sides, they're forms of manipulation. Now that doesn't mean we're consciously manipulating but when I read these off, you might notice that they, t they tend to be manipulative qualities. I, I believe in the goodness of humans, and I actually don't think that even the majority of manipulative people are consciously doing these things. I definitely think that it's the impact of our lack of emotional intelligence and um, basically the integration of these energies inside us all that keeps us from seeing how we might be manipulative um, and how we can change that. It's hard to um, witness, you know, it's way easier to see negative qualities in others, but it's way harder to take accountability for the way that we might be toxic sometimes, you know? And it's, it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be intentional to be happening. Like, for example, you might not mean to hit a dog with your car, right? But the dog still died, and it's still an issue that needs to be addressed. Um, so how can we become more aware of these qualities so that we can be more balanced in our yin-yang. So this ego-manipulative version of the masculine shows up with aggression. It shows up with competition, dominance, control, impulsivity, high criticism of not just others, but themselves, right? Like a very high standard and um, Maybe even there's shame there. Um, and then there's this avoidance tendency, this dismissal of just neglecting issues versus addressing them. Um, and with that comes this kind of shaky, wavering, inconsistent energy um, versus some, somebody that's grounded and present. Also, you can be... Um, overthinking and overdoing, and you're just constantly in go mode. So these, these qualities, like I said, can lead to unintentional or intentional manipulation and abuse. Um, again, we might not mean to, but when we aren't paying attention to how we are impacting others, we can be the problem. We can be the problem. And um, if you look around the world right now, the overarching theme is dominance 
War, greed, money, control, power, which are all masculine qualities. And so this is what um, we, we mean when we're saying, you know, toxic masculinity, like bring down the patriarchy or whatever, because it's systemically embedded in, <laughs> literally in our blood, like literally in our blood, colonialism, this is all, this is all super fucking deep. Um, our history is steeped in this mm, patriarchal toxicity and um, it's going to take a lot of leaning into our feminine to counterbalance the damage that it's really done on, you know, which, which, we, which we see in classism, racism, sexism, and all the isms. It, it actually stems from this core imbalance of masculinity. Masculinity operating from ego, right? So what does the um, femininity operating from ego look like? Like I said before, it's also in its ways manipulative and not necessarily intentional. So when I list these off, see if you can relate to any of these. <clears throat> being imbalanced in your feminine looks like being codependent, which means that you need someone to lead the way or you need a friend or a lover to be with you all the time or do things with you or maybe do things for you. Um, you feel like maybe helpless, you feel needy or they feel like there's this neediness that they project out and others might feel uncomfortable by that. Like um, there's this people-pleasing energy where they self-abandon their own needs and their own desires and their own boundaries to please others, to, to dote on others, to make others happy. Um, meanwhile, they don't even know themselves. They don't even know what they want. They don't even know what they like. And they're abandoning themselves. Um, and that all stems from an insecure wound, um, a place of the insecurity is not having a high self-esteem or sense of self-worth. Um, so th there's that wound as well. Um, and unfortunately, that leads to, and here's that manipulation piece, um, when we're people-pleasing and we're self-abandoning due to our insecurities, um, and even the codependent piece as well. Like, a lot of people think codependency, and it's always, it's always usually, uh, it's always um, paired up with narcissists. Um, you might see that if you're looking this stuff up. And the truth of the matter is, what is your part in the allowing and the enabling? So that's this little manipulation piece I want to bring up is people don't often perceive enabling and codependency as manipulation, but I'm suggesting that in a way it is because you're giving away your power. You're just totally relinquishing your own power. And in doing so, you're playing a part into this fucked up game of control and power. So even if it's not intentionally manipulative, 
Oftentimes, the meek, the weak, so weak, weakness, weakness is another quality of an imbalanced feminine. You could potentially be using your weaknesses as leverage over your secure, balanced loved ones. Um, you might not intentionally be doing so, but it has that same impact. It brings them into the projection of your imbalanced reality because you're not stepping into your power and taking control of your own reality. And so that can go into another quality of this imbalanced feminine, which is victimhood. So we play this whole power trip where, you know, we're you know, we're getting controlled or we're getting abused or we're getting um, dismissed and we're unappreciated and we're all these things, which are totally valid. Uh, don't get me fucking wrong. Like, that is, there's always two parts and that's not to, you know, dismiss one over the other. I'm just saying that this is tendencies that occur when we're imbalanced in our truth. And this one, victimhood, tends to occur when we relinquish our power and we become the victim all the time. And that becomes sort of a, um, almost a badge that we wear and we kind of um, identify then as our wounds and our victimhood and um, we operate there. And that's okay, that's okay for a while. And then there's also this place where it's time to step into that truth and into our power and see where we can balance out our feminine and masculine and take more control of our reality um, slowly but surely with practice and compassion. Um, and then lastly, just repressed truth, which just ties into everything we just said. So if we were confident and aware of our own needs, boundaries, and desires, then we would be able to advocate for them. And we would speak to our truth, and we would honor our truth, and we would honor our boundaries, and we, would, we wouldn't allow um, certain abuse and manipulation and aggression and control to happen to us because that just wouldn't fly, right? Um, so when I was first exploring, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was first exploring these topics, I recognized, again, so fuck the whole gender roles here. Um, I'm a female identifying human in a, in a female body. And um, when I'm looking at these charts, um, I noticed that my younger version of self was often imbalanced more so in my masculine qualities. I never really was, you know, needy or insecure or people-pleasing. I was actually over on the other side more dominant and competitive and even aggressive. And um, I always wanted to control my environment and my surroundings, and I would get really anxious if I couldn't do that. And... I just want to open this up about my own my own life here is um, I grew up I grew up with a single father mother was not present and um, you know totally imbalanced in her own way like just totally imbalanced and inaccessible to me so I grew up with a father and a brother so two male bodied humans 
and their masculine impact on me. So I, again, was in an environment that was more compensated with masculine energy. So I, especially um, when, when was faced with um, some abusive, aggressive um, qualities due to lack of nurture. So there's a, here's me trying to um, rationalize my experience. So um, there was a lot of lack of um, nurture and compassion and gentleness and softness and loving energy in my household. Now, that's not to say that my father wasn't super loving in his own ways, but it was more from this provider role. Like, it, you know, I didn't really get hugged and, like, validated with words and, like, you know, he'd forget my birthdays and all that fucked up shit, but um, I still knew that he loved me. So let's just clarify that. But because of his emotional unavailability and, like, able his he wasn't really able to express himself and he wasn't able to um, be grounded in his feminine qualities, um, which I know is hard for a single parent to embody both. But because of that um, and his own upbringing, that is an example that was showed to my brother. And so my brother also took on these qualities. But because my brother didn't have a mother around, um, at least my dad had one, he got even more aggressive in these tendencies. And growing up, it was hard for me to see that they were inappropriate. And so instead of um, coming from a grounded place where I could stick up for myself, I just kind of played the role back and became very aggressive in return and became someone who um, was very vocal and like um, stood up for myself and, um, I, I would, I wouldn't allow, I wouldn't allow myself to be um, snapped at, you know, I would clap back, let's put it that way, and um, I overcompensated in my masculine energy. Simultaneously, my, again, my dad was a single father, so he was always working and stuff, and so we were growing up on our own, basically, for most of the days and years. And so I became hyper-independent um, and I was a go-getter and I was, like I said, all in my left brain, lots of discipline, lots of, lots of um, go-getting and like logic and like go, go, go. Like I had this planner, <laughs> I was the class president. I was um, a leader. I was just a fucking leader, okay? And um, It was hard to break that. In fact, I didn't even see why I might need to. And I totally love and honor the conditions of my childhood that made me who I am today because I love being an empowered person and I love being a natural leader and I love what comes with that. And also, it has <laughs> like clouded me almost with what's appropriate and what's balanced and what's the natural version of those masculine qualities with the um, whole other yin side that I had no access to. And so um, for a long time when I would date, I was constantly attracting 
feminine men because, well, opposites just attract, right? And so if you have two super hyper-masculine humans, they're gonna butt heads all the time because one's like, oh, I wanna eat this restaurant. They're like, oh, I wanna eat at this restaurant or I wanna do this. And they're like, well, I planned already to do this. And if you have like more of an alpha beta energy flow, then someone might be like, okay, well, I wanna go to this restaurant. They're like, oh, perfect, I don't give a shit. And they go along with you, right? And like that becomes this harmonious flow. And so, you know, I have no complaints except that, yes, that worked energetically, but is it what I wanted? Because here's the thing, people who are often in their masculine, um, in their um, leadership roles, and they have to make lots of decisions and stuff, these humans are almost always the ones who, when they leave their job or their school or whatever, their day-to-day -day reality, they want to check out. They want to sign off. They want to be led. But they might not even know that. And it's cool things like, um, like BDSM, for example, where there's sub-dom roles to be explored, where these, you know, these CEOs, they, they're making decisions all day and then they want to um, you know, be dominated by some dominatrix who like spanks their ass and tells them they're a piece of shit because they want to surrender into a role where um, they don't have to be elite. They don't have to be on top. They get to be out of their mind, right? They get to surrender. Similarly, for me, um, I notice that, so I have a 500-hour yoga training. I can do plenty of fucking yoga on my own, but I realized that I prefer yoga classes or being led in yoga because when I'm hearing the commands told to me, I get to surrender and not fucking think. But what if I'm trying to do a class on my own, then I'm still having to choose the next posture and blah, blah, fucking blah. When really, I'm trying to basically meditate when I'm doing yoga. I'm not trying to fucking think. I'm trying to relax. I'm trying to come out of my mind and just into the present. Um, and so when I'm being led, I get to come out of my mind and receive. And so that's something that people in their masculine, people in their leadership and in their alpha don't often have access to. And so it's such an amazing feeling to let go and be led. Um, so similarly into the bedroom and in relationships, let's just talk about again for a second. Um, so I might be attracting submissive or feminine partners. But is that actually what I want, though, is the question. Because the truth of the matter is, no, I actually do want to be in my feminine. I do want to let go. I want to be led. I want to relinquish control. I want to be out of my body when I'm having sex and an orgasm. That's, that's that shit right there. I don't want to lead the way. I don't want to teach the way. I don't want to tell you how to do things. I want to be ravaged. <laughs> or led, um, if we're talking about relationships as a whole. And if I'm desiring that, then I'm going to have to soften a bit. 
uh, like I said before, two masculines are gonna butt heads. So that's the dance that we have to face these days as embodied, empowered, independent, women identifying humans um, is we're so in our masculine and we're so like unable to trust that they got us, that they can take care of us as well as we can take care of ourselves that it's like, mm, I don't really want to like give the reins over to this fucking chump. I know that I can do things perfectly on my own, but Am I going to get where I need to go, which is into my surrendered state, if I don't allow people in, if I don't let my guard down, okay? And so someone that I um, love who does work all about this topic is Jake Woodard, and I follow him on Instagram. I will link him up in the, um, into the show notes, and I want to read a couple things that he has written that I resonate with. All right, this one, wavering masculinity. There are men who have wavering masculine energy. This is frustrating to a feminine woman because she will not trust him to show up fully. It's like having poor cell phone service when you're trying to make a call. Sacred masculinity is clear, consistent, and present. This is very attractive to a feminine woman because she can lower her masculine shield. Another one, the, the divine feminine. She learned at a young age not to trust the masculine energy. This energy didn't show up to support and protect her because she felt unsafe. She overdeveloped her own masculine energy, which led to creating armor around her feminine heart. This manifested as being guarded, physical pain, lack of flow, emotional numb, and not feeling worthy to receive love. Through shadow work, integration, and awakening her divine feminine, she healed the wounded aspects of herself. Mm, the opening of the feminine. A conscious man that is integrated with his heart can have an opening effect on the feminine if she allows it. She will not fully open to a man who is like a wobbly stool because that's not safe. This level of safety and trust takes time to build and can be immensely healing for both people in the relationship. And then just a couple more here. Signs to trust the masculine. You trust their leadership. You feel emotionally safe with them. You feel open and receptive to them. You trust their decisions. You let them solve their own problems. Green flags with a masculine man. He's present with you. He listens to you. He's attentive to your desires. He consciously takes the lead. He desires to serve and help others. He remains grounded in tough situations, and he doesn't impulsively react as react to things. So I want to just pause and note Jake tends to use um, gender binary language and um, that can feel pretty exclusive to the huge range of relating spectrum within male, female, non-binary, and intersex humans having different relationships. I personally don't subscribe to any of those um, limitations. Not to say that Jake does, because I honestly have no idea. But the core essence of his message remains the same. Although those were using gender biases in those, in those few things I read, still come back to the fact that this is just energy within us all. 
um, and anyone can be operating out of these imbalances. <clears throat> In fact, to go a little deeper here, as someone who identifies as pansexual, meaning I'm attracted to all humans, all genders, um, and um, uh, gender fluid. So even though I'm assigned female at birth and I'm in a female body and I do identify as she, hers for my pronouns, um, I have, as I've been sharing, a masculine leaning energy, um, or at least in the past I have, although I toggle between the two and that's the beauty of fluidity. Um, and that's, um, I'm a great example of how it can't be confined into one or the other. And thus, the relationships that I, you know, call in, it depends on what energy I'm in and also um, what the energy of the person I'm attracted to embodies. Um, and so it's this ebb and flow. It's this playful um, magnetism that doesn't have any confines and um, can be explored. So, so when I'm attracted to someone in their feminine, I tend to take on more of a masculine role. And when I'm attracted to someone more in their masculine, I tend to take on more of a feminine, feminine role. So what I'm trying to share is that um, there's so many layers to all of this. And it takes the individual um, leaning into where they, where they are lacking or oversaturated to come back in to balance. So I want to share, I want to share how I would, I, I, what brought me into my feminine. Um, so what really held me, um, besides like, because I started maybe doing this work before I even understood that's what I was doing. And um, it became, for me, as a recovering control freak, um, you know, I've said that <laughs> many times in the pod, um, and that control freak energy is the overdoing, overthinking of the imbalanced masculine. So um, I realized that I was doing these things when I would overreact <laughs> to small dumb shit even with people who had my best interests at heart and weren't trying to harm me. And um, my reaction would often be um, out of proportion to whatever happened. And again, sometimes aggressive and angry. A lot of anger issues come from an imbalanced masculine. And again, that is kind of, that was kind of a um, unhealed wound in my um, childhood upbringing. Um, as a whole. So that's the container, that's the climate that I was raised in, and so I kind of operated a, as, oh, don't we all just kind of pop the lid? So what brought me into my feminine and into my um, addressing these issues, which took quite a while, like first of all, it took me leaving, leaving, like moving out on my own, and then having people in my life that I love, new people, friends, um, who I would hurt, sadly, um, and me reflect on what the fuck I didn't even mean to hurt them. You know, this quality, these qualities of mine to overreact um, suck, and I don't want to fucking do that, and what, what is my patterning here, and how can I consciously shift out of that? And a lot of it has to do with slowing down, becoming softer, um, and being more in my emotional brain, and... Um, 
So what helped me to, what really helped me, and not everyone has access to this, but it, to different degrees we can try. What really helped me is I started to travel. I was writing for a magazine and going to f music festivals for the first time. So, so different events. And then I also did my first backpacking trip and travels. So what really helped me to find my flow, go with the flow and be open to change, which is a feminine quality of just ease and free flowing and allowing, is um, travel. Because in travel, you learn that most things aren't going to go your fucking way. And you either you might lose things, break things, you might miss a flight or a train or um, people can interfere with your plans or... Um, Things just don't go your freaking way. And with that, you literally have to fucking let it go. And if you're not letting it go, then you're suffering. So I had to learn um, that things aren't going to go my way. And similarly with, um, you know, with just many things that we do. The more things you do with others and make trips and make plans um, that don't work out, the more you realize that you have no control over anything. And the real control you have is over your reaction. And so... Instead of slipping into this controlling, aggressive reactivity, we can let go and relax and go with the flow and just laugh it off and realize, I honestly can't control anything, so why am I so attached to X, Y, and Z? And all of these things, might I add, all come from a place of trust, leaning into trust, the feminine trusts that everything is going to be okay and that they they trust themselves and they trust their intuition yeah um another thing that has helped me let go um, and be non-attached is my vipassana practice which is a type of meditation that you go into for 10 days and they you know you don't have a phone and you don't you wear certain like clothing and you um you have a set schedule and you're basically meditating for 10 hours a day, and the whole meditation is about non-attachment. Um, I'm not going to like go too deep into that. You can look it up. It's life-changing. Definitely one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done, and I've done it three times. Um, 2020 and the whole pandemic was the first time I stepped down from it. But again, at the same time, that's quite a disciplined and masculine practice, actually. Um, but simultaneously, it's the art of letting go and non-attachment that you get out of it. So it's this beautiful, integrated, balanced, harmonic, um, tangible program and expression of yin-yang. So Vipassana helps me a lot. Um, and just overall practices around yoga and meditation and being present and being soft and basically getting more in touch with my emotional self and realizing and, and having self-compassion for those. Remember, the feminine is about internal and shadow and darkness. Basically having compassion for my, for my shadow side um, because you know, the imbalanced masculine wants to say that they don't have issues and they don't have problems and they, they don't act out. What are you talking about? This is just who I am. Like, you're too weak. You're too sensitive, right? That's, that's what the, the wounded masculine says. But um, the, the open feminine says, oh, wow, that's literally part of me. 
And let me be curious and compassionate with why I'm that way. And the more I'm accepting of it, the easier it is to integrate it and move through it and let it go and work on those qualities that I don't even want to have, right? <clears throat> so I just started to notice the more that I was practicing um, my feminine qualities, and like I said, at the time I wasn't even aware that that's what was happening, I started to attract more masculine men, more masculine partners into my relationships. And it was fucking sexy. It is sexy. Um, now, I say it was because it definitely still, you know, pat patterns die hard. And um, they die hard because they're comfy. And it's easy to fall back into your conditioned role of, you know, I'm empowered and I'm in my masculine. And then someone over here wants to um, be my soft little counterpart and they're so sweet and they're loving and they're attentive and they're yummy in that way, it's hard not to um, want to fall into that, right? And that, but then for me, what I'm trying to say is um, it's important for me to not just fall into the trap of... Um, okay, what I mean by this is when when I might be falling into a conditioned pattern of a le like a less masculine, more feminine partnership, um, you have to ask the question if they are in a healthy balance of their feminine masculine as a whole, or if they're more operating out of just the feminine or just the masculine, depending on who you are and how you are. Now for me, sometimes I'll fall into the comfy trap of someone who is um, my sensitive counterpart because, you know, I enjoy that. <laughs> but there can be a sensitive masculine as well. And when we fall into the trap of an imbalanced opposition, then it brings out your imbalanced qualities, right? So what I'm trying to say is if this person is um, in an imbalanced feminine and I am integrated and balanced when I meet them. Their imbalanced feminine can bring me out of balance and then I become more oversaturated in my masculine trying to meet their needs in their imbalanced feminine. And this, this happens on the flip side as well. I'm just speaking from my own experience. So that's what you need to watch out for is um, it's, it's easy to fall into opposites attract, but you got to pay attention if you're really trying to um, if you're really trying to break cycles here, then you have to ask yourself, is this person actually secure? Is this person actually safe and grounded? Can I trust them? Are they, are they living their truth? Are they nourishing? Are they clear, right? Because if they're not all those things, which is the integrated grounded version of the masculine and feminine, then it's very likely, even if you are grounded, even if you are secure, that that shakiness can bring up your old shit and then you're overcompensating again and you guys eventually are going to butt heads and it's going to be a mutually toxic dynamic, okay? And I also want to give you permission to be easy on yourself if you sometimes fall into these old patterns because every time you do, it's just another reflection in the mirror of self to recognize that pattern and get clear that it's not what you want anymore. And 
the next time it shows up in your reality, you'll have better discernment, you'll have better, a clearer view of, wait, here's these you know, patterns that I've seen in the past and I don't want to indulge in this anymore. I want someone who is, you know, everything I just said, you know, they're the embodied and they're the divine matriarch and patriarch. They're a divine parent. And together you can reparent each other if you're both grounded. But if only one person's grounded, then they're, they're overcompensating in the dynamic and we're not meeting each other 50-50 and someone becomes exhausted, someone becomes resentful. And this is when our um, unattractive qualities flare up and there's this... this butting of heads that feels uncomfortable, uncomfortable for both parties. So make sure that you're looking out for this um, and be true to what you see and willing to walk away when that's, you know, it's sometimes hard to walk away because all people are fucking beautiful and have beautiful, delicious, yummy qualities. And it's sometimes hard to see at the beginning because we just want to lean into love. But um, I believe that all dynamics are an opportunity for us to get clear on who, who we are, um, who we want to be, and if we're actually committed to living that life or if we're just talking about it. Um, if we're just going to fall back into old patterns and old traps or if we're actually going to nip it in the bud the next time it shows up and love that person anyway, love them as they are, love them from afar, and not get involved um, in a way that is self-abandoning self -abandoning your own needs and your own desires and your own um, boundaries as well. Let's see. <clears throat> so, okay. When we do commit to this balance of the divine feminine and the divine masculine inside of ourselves, um, we are connecting to our highest versions of selves. And um, when we do that, we give other people permission to do the same. And we lead by this embodied example. I do also want to touch on the fact that, um, again, men because I've talked a lot about toxic masculinity, and a part of that toxic masculinity is the fact that men and young boys especially, um, all ages really, aren't given spaciousness to be in their feminine um, and to be seen in their emotional body and to be seen um, in their fullness. And, um, you know, we're, they're told things like real men don't cry and man up and all this bullshit that um, infiltrates their growth and infiltrates their fully embodied selves. And it creates things like um, emotional unavailability and even homophobia. And um, I know recently there's been um, this, I don't know if you guys have seen this like online war about someone who posted a picture of this cute, adorable little baby boy playing um, at this kitchen set. And it just made this fucking internet rage up of like, I'm not giving my son a kitchen set. He can have, you know, a mechanic's head or like some gender nonsense. 
And, and the flip side of that is, um, and this is men and women, all genders, saying this crap. And um, <sighs> so fucked. Um, but then on the flip side, we'll have uh, women online, you know, not online, in life, um, later in life saying, you know, I want my men to be sensitive and uh, soft and... Um, all these qualities that come from the very soil that you're not willing to let them have. Um, so it's our responsibility as a society, as parents, as um, loved ones, <clears throat> comrades and community to give people permission, especially men, men and young boys, the permission to be in their vulnerable, intimate, soft, sweet, silly, and even, even in their dark and cold places as well. Like, men aren't allowed to be weak, is the story. And so, how can we allow men to feel safe to be them, their, their fully expressed selves? Um, if men don't have an outlet for all this crazy human range of emotions that we all have, and they are only allowed to express strength and, and um, production and wealth and status, no fucking wonder it all comes out through the outlet of aggression and control and power and anger. Um, we don't allow, as a society, um, men to have positive, healthy outlets. Like, there's been a surge in the last several years of women's circles coming back. This is like an ancient practice of just women in a literal circle um, being held in their experiences and sharing, and it might be around the new moon or the full moon, or it might be, you know, you know emphasis on their menstrual cycles and like all sorts of divine magic that is happening with the women. Um, and, uh, you know, women identifying humans as a whole. But what about the men, the men identifying humans? What do they have? It's not as common that you see men's groups or men's circles, and they don't have a safe place to go and talk about their experiences and integrate together. Because um, when we share what we're going through out loud with other people, Oh my God, I don't know if you've experienced that before, but being seen and where you're at in the world and um, having a group of people validate your experience and probably typically have a similar experience, it is one of the most nourishing, uplifting, encouraging experiences you can have. Um, and so this is a call for, this is a call for, Men to be invited into their emotional brain. Men to be invited into their vulnerability. What can you do today to make men feel safer to be in their emotional experience? Because this is how we change. We can't just expect it to happen overnight out of nowhere. We need to have a safe container for men to feel vulnerable if we want them to, to connect with their feminine and become balanced. And it's not just 
men, men as a species, but the world, right? Like I was talking in the beginning of this, um, the environment that we've created on Earth is very in the out-of-balance masculine energy. And if we really want to turn that around, if we really want to see, if we, if we were, uh, if, if the world's operating out of a toxic masculine energy right now, which was control, greed, power, aggression, and all that shit, if it was led in a feminine, um, or even just a balanced energy, we would see more um, communal care. We would see more, um, we would see less hungry. We would see less homeless. We would see um, more access to education. We would see basically a nourishing, caretaking, grounded, present, um, loving, compassionate lens of operation. Again, this isn't just a feminine-operated experience. I'm talking about a grounded, integrated, both yin and yang. Um, if our authorities, if our, if our social-political climate of the world was operating from a balanced position, those are the things that we would feel in our world. It wouldn't be so... Um, you know, focused on these other things that um, breed conflict and breed disconnection and breed competition um, and, quite honestly, breed abuse. So, um, with that being said, how can we practice these, you know, practice the feminine and masculine qualities? Um, so I've run a few of these down. Let's go over them. How can we practice being more feminine? So one of the things we can do is when things don't go your way, we lean into letting go. I know it's easier said than done, but give yourself some you know, moments to grieve the thing that you wanted to go your way and then let it fucking go. A good practice that I've learned with this is if it isn't going to matter in five years, then it, let it go in five minutes. Um, let's see. Another way is to let other people's lead the way. So asking your partner or your friends to choose the restaurant or choose the activity or choose the movie. <laughs> As I'm saying that, I feel like it's, <laughs> Again, easier said than done. But you, maybe you can give them a few options. Like, here's the two movies I want to see. Which one do you want to go to, right? And so it's you're still baby-stepping away from control. You're still getting your needs met. Um, it's a good balance of boundaries because it's like, okay, well, I don't want to go see something I don't want to see. So you're, you're having, like, a co-created choice um, in the matter, Another way is to rest more. Yes, I said it. Um, so maybe you even, again, let's take baby steps. Maybe you are a planner and you need to schedule some rest in, into your day or your week, whatever it is. Um, but when I say that, I mean seriously. Like, you're not working during that time. You're doing something that you enjoy or nothing at all. Like, you're renting a 
a hotel or an Airbnb or you're going on vacation or you're just like out on the deck reading a book um, with your music on or maybe for you it's it's yoga or something. It's something for you where you're not working or you're not go, go, going. Um, so yeah, scheduling rest, but also scheduling play. Play is so important, and when we're in our masculine too much, we don't even remember what play feels like or looks like. And so for me, when I'm, a, when I'm suggesting play, it might be that you will write down a list of hobbies and interests that you used to love or you've never even tried, and keeping a list with you so that you can pull from it and actually commit to it. And um, that doesn't mean you have to be great at it. So that's not what I'm saying. It's not another fucking... <laughs> You know, not another thing to conquer. It's something as simple as um, playing video games or coloring or I don't know what you love to do. But if you make a little list, then you can become clear on things that bring you joy. And it's often the case that people don't know what they love to do anymore. And um, when we do, and so I'm speaking from experience, I keep a list of things that I love to do, and when I have free time, I go to the list and I do one of those things. And it helps me remember to play and do things that I love. And like I've been doing this for so long now that I don't even hardly ever need the list. And I know all the things that not just bring me joy, but I have on the list things that make me feel peace and balance. Um, and so I have all these things on the list and now it's kind of second nature for me to pull from these things that um, bring me into rest, repair, joy, play. Let's see. I just want to bring up an example. So I have a friend who is often operating out of their masculine, and when they lost their job, they got nervous, which is totally normal, and they had been working very hard for many, many years. Now, the masculine nature is to, um, you know, redo your resume and print a bunch out or send a bunch out and make a bunch of applications and just get super in your um, left brain about it and try very hard and force the next thing to occur. But if you're operating from your feminine brain, you would see it as a sign. <laughs> you would trust what happened. You would relax into it, you would rest, you would get some R&R, &R. you would, because when we give ourselves the spaciousness of trust is when the universe provides us with opportunities that we otherwise would have been too busy to see, right? So the feminine way to handle losing a job or, you know, something that you really wanted is to trust it and ease into it and allow it to be as it is. And when we do that, then it's when the magic happens, right? It's when the juicy shit goes down because then serendipity occurs and synch synchronistic shit happens where um, you otherwise, like I said, would have been too distracted to see it. Hmm. And ways to help your loved ones become more into their feminine is to invite them to play. Invite them to rest. Um, invite them over to nap with you or have a movie night. 
um, or invite them, like, you know, you have maybe you have little, like, stuffed animals and, like, candles and, and sweet, soft things that you invite them to do with you, um, and you give them affection, and you give them cuddles, and you give them love. Um, maybe you, um, like I said, invite them to play. Maybe it's games. Maybe it's um, acro yoga or um, just go for a swim at the beach, something that is just fun and playful and doesn't have a regimen around it. Um, also, a suggestion is you could ask them to, and this is more on, you know, this is, this is more, they're the ones who have to actually do this, but you can suggest no phone time or just turning your phones upside down when you're together so that there's more presence um, and they're not, or turn the phones on silent, on silent so that um, you're not constantly distracted by bings and dings and notifications and all that shit. Um, you can also ask your hypermasculine humans if you could lead the way um, by making choices. Um, you could offer them the two choices of the movies or the two options or three options of the restaurants and then they can choose from that. Um, or you can just choose altogether. Um, but it's nice when you ask because then they feel... They don't feel bossed around. You could say, hey, do you mind if I pick whatever? And then hopefully <laughs> they're practicing their feminine and they allow this. Um, and when I say allow, that, that sounds terrible. So if someone is constantly in your life um, not, quote, allowing you to make choices, then that's probably not the best friend to have around. Um, you should have a reciprocal flow of decisions being made. And um, another way to help your hypermasculine humans in your life is to say no. Say fucking no to the things you do not want to do with them. Stop enabling your hypermasculine humans in your life to take control over everything. You need to be grounded in what you want to do and say no to things that don't resonate with you or things that you don't agree with versus people pleasing for them. Now let's swap back over to um, people who want to practice being more masculine. So if you want to be more masculine, you can make to-do lists and you can practice your discipline around that. So <clears throat> I'm a huge lister myself and I have like things that had to have to be done actually that day and then things that I could potentially do if I have time. Um, and like I said, I also have an ongoing separate list of just fun, enjoyable, peaceful, like heart expanding things that I pull from whenever I want to. Um, but anywho, I think lists are really important if you're trying to practice your masculinity. And one of the lists you can make, um, one of the many lists that you can make is a list of things similarly to the other side of things you love to do. But the thing with the people who are in their hyper-feminine is they don't often choose what they want. They're people-pleasing. So they don't, and that's typically because they're coming from a secure, insecure place where they don't even know what they like or they don't know what they want. So my invitation is to make a list of, for example, your favorite foods. What are your favorite foods? Then when you have a list of what that is, you can make a list of fun restaurants in the area that have your favorite foods that you want to try. 
okay? So you can make a list of restaurants that you want to try so that you can pull from them when it's your turn to make a suggestion on where you want to go eat. Another list you can make um, is things that you love to do, things that bring you joy, things that maybe you don't do at all anymore because you're constantly doting on this alpha person in your life who leads the way all the time? What about the things that you've given up or maybe haven't even tried because you're too busy pleasing others? So I want you to make a list of things if you're trying to practice your femininity, or sorry, your masculinity, um, things that bring you joy and excitement and um, play and um, just anything that you love to do. Maybe that's snowboarding, maybe that's crocheting, maybe that's um, reading, writing, um, I don't know. Whatever you love to do, that's your special list. Make that list and not only do I want to invite you to use that list as um, ideas to do with your loved ones, right? Um, so you get to invite others and lead the way. But I also suggest you do those things on your own. And if no one wants to go with you, you still go on your own. And this is cultivating your power. This is cultivating your unique personal preferences. Because here's the thing, when you um, get solid in who you are and your own truth and what makes you happy, then you start to lead the way and inspire others the way that you're inspired by your by your um, alphas and the masculine people in your life, you'll, when you do what you love, then it'll be an inspiration to the people around you. So maybe they say, no, I don't want to go to pottery class with you, but you end up slaying it so hard and just it makes you so happy that all of a sudden your friends and your partners, they're like, actually, can I come? And they want to join you because you're inspiring them. So that's what happens when you're in your power. Um... Give yourself permission to be empowered and to inspire others. Um, another um, practice for the, for the masculine is uh, don't do anything. So check in with yourself. Check in with yourself. And if you're not 100% fuck yes to an invitation from the people in your life to go do something or see something or eat something, then start practicing your nose. Stop saying yes to things that you don't want to do just to please others. Trust me, they're not going to get mad. They're not going to get mad. And if they do, then they're imbalanced in a toxic way. And that's not healthy for either of you. You should be able to say your no's confidently and unapologetically. I also suggest writing down things that you admire about yourself. What are some things that you love about who you are, how you are? It could be um, things you're good at. It could be um, things you love about your physical appearance, your emotional capacity, anything and everything I would invite you to start making a list, maybe even just one thing a day on this list, or whenever you think of something. Maybe it's a list on your phone in your notes. What are things you love about yourself? 
This will be a confidence building exercise that gives you permission to realize your worth and your security and know that you have so many valuable things to offer and that you are someone to um, make decisions and like you can trust your decisions and you can trust your heart. Mm. So how can we help the people in our lives to become more masculine? We can, first of all, tell them things that they're good at. Sometimes the um, hyper-feminine don't, you know, they're insecure and they don't have a good sense of self-esteem and they need to be reminded of these fucking amazing qualities that they have that we obviously are attracted to and value about them and they just need to hear it out loud. So you can help by sharing, even from small to big, just take a moment of your day to tell these people things that they do that you admire or you're inspired by or they just make you feel warm and cozy. What are things that these people, how do they impact you positively? Let's start sharing that more. Um, also, encouraging them to trust their gut. Trust their intuition. Let them pick where you're going. Let them pick the movie. Let them pick the restaurant. Let them lead the way. Um, encourage them to make decisions and full, you know, fully respect what they choose without inserting your opinions. And um, if it's something new for you, it'd be nice, like, like I was saying earlier about the pottery example, go with them to a class and see if you're into it, you know, and support them in that way by acknowledging that their preferences have just as much import importance as yours. <clears throat> Alrighty, so that's all I got down for practice. And I think we have gone over everything that I was hoping to share. Um, I love, 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 love this topic. And I think a lot of potency comes within practicing this stuff. And um, I hope you find it just as fascinating as I do. And um, let me know what you think. Drop a, drop a comment on Apple Podcast or on SoundCloud, give me a little follow. If you resonate with this, share this with your friends. I'm trying to get myself out, out there on the radar and spread, spread the love as far and wide as I can. Um, with that being said, I also have started back up something that I call the buddy system, which is when you're ever going through a hard time and you need support, um, I want you to know that you're not alone. In fact, you're never alone. And there are people available to validate and hold space for your experience. And I'm coming from a lens of compassionate understanding and action-based advice. And so if you are interested in, in any support, um, you can find me on the socials and inquire about the buddy system, which is, by the way, on a sliding scale basis. That's my offering to you. 
Um, again, you're never alone. I know that we're all going through hard times right now. There's been a lot of love and loss recently, and I just want you to know that we are in this together. Sending all my love, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Ciao, ciao. Thank you.